Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all of them are alive. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Last week, we celebrated the feast day of all saints. And in John's sermon last week, he shared with us his simple prayer for St. Michael's. And it stuck with me. His simple prayer is this, for us to know, to know that we're God's inheritance and treasure, and for us to know the hope to which we've been called. Today, the gospel offers a little bit more of a glimpse into what that hope looks like. Today, we have the Sadducees questioning the truth of the hope of the resurrection, Jesus is confronted by them. And the best way to see this interaction that takes place in the gospel is two sides. One side, you have the Sadducees and their followers. And on the other side, you have Jesus and the apostles and his followers. Two sides of a debate team, if you will. Both having their own perspectives about different things of Torah and of scripture, and in this case, of the resurrection from the dead. This kind of scene was somewhat commonplace in the ancient Roman Empire, where teachers would seek each other out and face off in verbal sparring matches to see where each other might measure up. And this is where we find ourselves, two sides, two unique perspectives about the afterlife. The Sadducees were the religious leaders that only accepted the Torah as truth, and they put importance only in the material world. So they definitely did not believe in the afterlife or the resurrection of the dead, but put all their hope in the span of their mortal lifetimes. News seems to be traveling about this person named Jesus. And as they happened to encounter him in public in their neighborhood, they could not pass on this opportunity to test their oratory skills. And since they had such different beliefs about the afterlife, they thought it would be an interesting way to test Jesus uh, on his stance and see what he might say. So they begin with this somewhat absurd scenario. There is a wife and a husband who have no children. And it's interesting in this hypothetical family scenario that there are no children. And this is important to note. For the Sadducees, since they don't believe in the resurrection from the dead, what is most important to them is that their children will be the ones to carry on their will in the world. 
kind of like a family legacy passed down from one generation to another. And so another brother dies and no children, no legacy. And another brother dies and no children. And another brother dies and no children. Before I go on, I have to ask, what is going on with these brothers? <laughs> I think if I were the seventh brother in line, I might be having second thoughts about this whole setup. <laughs> I think I'd probably call a family meeting with what was left of my family, sit my parents down and say something to the effect of, mom, dad, I've decided to become a monk. I'm taking a vow of silence and probably one of celibacy too, and I'm going to live in a monastery far, far away from here. And so I can see Jesus hearing this setup and taking a second to gather his thoughts, taking a big breath, and then giving his response. Those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. I don't know about you, but this whole no marriage in heaven thing caught me off guard. I read it to Laura, my wife, and she said, wait, you're saying we're not going to be married in heaven? Which is a great question and one I didn't have a very great answer for. But I don't think that's the question that Jesus was really get, getting at. He's getting at this question. Is there a resurrection from the dead at all? I think Jesus is telling them that they should not be overly concerned about marriage or children, and they don't need to worry about who will carry on their legacy once they go away. And they can let go of all of that. Instead, Jesus wants us to focus in on one thing, hope. Hope in the resurrection from the dead. Hope that God is, even now, in the present time, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. Hope that God is a God in which our lives continue to exist even after we have died. Hope that the broken and tattered pieces of our lives will somehow be pieced together by God who cares deeply for each and every one of us. Hope that death is not the end of our story. An image of hope I came across while I was living in Arequipa, Peru, is one that has stuck with me. I was living there over a summer during college as a missionary intern with Padre Juan Carlos Revilla, who is the rector at the local congregation in the heart of the city. And part of his work was to also take care of missionary sites in the outskirts of the city. He'd go to the mission sites on a pretty regular basis, and on one occasion, he asked me to go, go with him. On our drive out, as we approached the mission site, I noticed, uh, I began to notice an interesting feature that all the houses had in common. The roof of every house was left unfinished. 
Each roof had four cement columns, and out of those cement columns came rebar. And the reason they left the roofs this way was for when their family saved enough money that they would be able to build another story to their house. Those four cement columns, those dangling pieces of rebar, that empty space open to heaven, were a physical sign of each family's hope for a better future. And when you looked into that empty space, a second story to the house is almost tangible, like it was already built and lived in. And in some cases, these spaces were being used by some of the families. On another trip, we were able to go and participate in a barbecue that was being thrown by one of the congregation's families. And every one of the guests got to experience their hope real time in that space. And somehow, there was room for their family to hang out in, even though they couldn't make it a permanent feature, at least not yet. And now let's go back to the debate teams. What is Jesus offering to the Sadducees in place of their own perspective? Jesus offers us a place that we can rest, and that place is in God, and not in things of this world. It's kind of like working a puzzle. You don't start with the random pieces that all kind of look alike. It would, be, it would take forever to finish a puzzle that way. I mean, puzzles are, take a long time anyways, but if you really want to get a puzzle done efficiently, you usually start with the edges and make a frame. And then the rest of the pieces tend to take shape. I think a lot of times we try to work the puzzles of our lives like the Sadducees, starting with random pieces that may or may not all fit together. But Jesus offers us another way. He offers us to start with God, who then frames everything else and puts all in perspective. Our children, our friends, our partner or spouse, our jobs, and our commitments. When God has become the frame of our lives, everything becomes clear. All those things that bring us joy seem to sparkle even a little bit more. When we have done the work of relieving them of the burden of our misplaced hope and put that hope in its rightful place with God in heaven. So let's leave the roofs of our souls unfinished and let us put our hope in God and just like the, the barbecue on the rooftop, let us partake of the kingdom life now in the celebration of the Eucharist. And when we go through the doors today and into our work, let us celebrate in a place where it's overflowing beyond these walls as we continue to wait for that spiritual second story to be built and so that we can be ready to live in it forever. Let us place our hope in heaven 
And this is what our hope depends on, that Jesus Christ came into the world to make us children of God, inheritors of eternal life. And when he comes again, we will be made like him and will be caught up into the love of God forever. And just like that roof, that empty space, that second story of the house coming into focus, what kind of sign might we look for to remind us of the hope of things to come? Let us look to the empty tomb. Let us look to Jesus Christ, resurrected on the third day, a sign of hope for everlasting life. Amen.